Happy Christmas. Well, okay, it might not be Christmas just yet, but let's face it, we're well on the way to it now. So here's part three in our guide at Freelance Bristol Mum for getting Christmas off to a cracking start. You'll have to bear with me. I have a small child on my lap as I speak. This week, I caught up with Louise from Baby Bites, and one of the favourite things for me when it comes to Christmas is um, actually getting a taste of Christmas, all that lovely food. So with that in mind, Louise shared with me some great Christmas breakfast ideas and some gougères, or posh cheese puffs, as she called them. I started by asking her, well, when would you serve them? As a little appetiser. Um, or when friends come round for drinks. Um, you can make up the mixture in advance and leave it in the fridge. So it's quite versatile. Brilliant. Let's get cracking. Okay. She's rummaging through her drawers, getting various bits and pieces. It's much better if you cook it on um, something flat so that the air can get round mm. it rather than a high-sided mm-hmm. baking dish. And then they just need oiling. Do you always use oil over butter? No, whichever's... closer to hand I like that and are these things that you know adults and children will love alike yeah and you can do kind of it depends on who you're cooking them for so today because we were going to do some nice uh, ones that children would enjoy um, I'm just going to use some cheddar um, and some nutmeg to flavour them Um, but if you're doing them for adults you could put much stronger cheeses in there you could do blue cheese you could put cumin seeds um, you can do lots of different flavours. And it is exactly the same recipe um, as you'd use for making profiteroles. So once you've made these, you can then maybe have a go at making Ooh. profiteroles and <laughs> covering them in chocolate. I have things. never made a profiterole. That yeah. looks like a real challenge to me, shoe pastry. It does. That's what a lot of people think, but it's actually very easy and um, not that much can go wrong with it. And it's very forgiving. We're not going to um, use a piping bag today. We're just going to dollop blobs. Dollop blobs. blobs, I like this. (laughs) Because actually, once it starts puffing up, they look fab. We are completely converted now to butter and unsalted butter at that in our family. So much so that when we went to a wedding recently, and they obviously had salted butter at the table... And Eddie was like, oh, I really like salted butter. And I said, yeah, and that's why we don't have it in the house. Yeah. And it still remains a treat when we go out. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. Melting butter in water. So what effect is achieved after this? Well, once, it's, um, once this has all melted, we're going to pour the flour in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will come together in a thick clump mm. um, into kind of a, a shiny ball. Um, and you whisk you beat that really vigorously um, and then take it off the heat and then we'll beat in some eggs and that's basically your shoe pastry so into that if you're doing sweet shoe pastry you could put some sugar um, and vanilla if you're doing savory shoe pastry like we are we're going to put some um, uh, cheese um, nutmeg maybe um, a little bit of mustard to help bring out the flavor of the cheese and while that's bubbling away in the background or beginning to bubble away in the background you're just lining up the rest of your ingredients it actually looks quite simple doesn't it there's not masses of ingredients going in here in its most basic form it is just water butter flour and eggs and the rest is just flavoring yeah so we've got a nice piece of organic cheddar here and you'll be going for a parmesan as well i can see Make sure you use plain flour. Um, self-raising flour won't work. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of because they do puff up lots. Um, 
you definitely do not need any raising agents in there. It, it, it's the eggs that will make it puff up. So just weighing out 70 grams of flour. Our butter and water should be almost melted. Yeah, so just the last little bit of butter melting away there. Oh, it smells delicious. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Smell of melting butter, yeah. Instantly makes me think of crumpets. Right, we'll just now um, put a little bit of nutmeg in mm. and we're going to put in a little dollop of English mustard. You can use mustard powder as well. And I'm using mustard mustard. So kids are still getting all those lovely traditional Christmassy tastes, aren't yet, aren't they? Yeah. But in a an easily digestible format. Yes. <laughs> and these just make nice snacks and quite impressive little things mm. to have on hand to and you can make them with children as well. It's quite a, once you've made it once and you get your head round how to make what you're looking for. It's a very easy one for children to get in and help with. Okay, so now that's all come up to the boil. You've got to pour your flour in nice and quick all together and mix it quickly. Wow, I sense it's something where you could you could get lumps if you weren't careful. Well, it looks like that, but actually, as soon like as the flour starts cooking and it starts all coming together to see that the lumps will kind of knock each other out and you end up with like a shiny ball that all comes together so it's like a dough yeah it looks like play-doh if it doesn't all come together then you've got too much liquid or not enough flour or it needs to be cooked a little bit longer um, but you definitely need it to all come together in a very play-doh like shiny ball smooth dough and i'm just grating a little bit of cheese so you can use any cheese any hard cheese that's got lots of flavor so i'm using an organic cheddar um, mature cheddar but you could also use something like gruyere comte um, parmesan pecorino a mix of cheeses um, right and then we're going to add our eggs going to break two eggs give them a little whisk There we go. Just lightly whisk it with a fork. A large egg's always your, the default setting in your house. They're actually from the Better Food Company, so they're just local free-range ones. Um, but I do, they have trays of eggs, and some of them are quite small, and some of them are really large, and I've trained the children to <laughs> choose the really large one. Good training. Yeah. <laughs> I accept they use that principle for biscuits as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, this morning I actually just grabbed whatever was closest, so... Um, give that a light whisk and then just a little at a time off the heat we're going to start whisking the eggs in you don't you won't necessarily need all of the eggs you'll probably use most of them and what you're looking for is a dropping consistency so kind of like blobs off the spoon so put in a little bit you do need to let the um, mixture cool down just a little bit as well so that it doesn't start cooking and just add a little bit at a time and it'll all kind of curdle and then it will start coming back together. Do another little blob. I keep getting um, hits of the mustard. It's you really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> it looks quite straightforward, though. And again, this is something that kids could really enjoy, couldn't they? Just thrashing around with a wooden spoon. Exactly. Yeah, and so we'll add a little bit more. So it's still nowhere near a dropping consistency, is it? It's kind of a right... Yeah. It's still a solid it's a, it's a good gloop, isn't it? Yeah. Right, it's getting there. Because you want something that's solid enough to hold its shape, but it's also soft it's almost almost got a sort of mashed potato quality about it hasn't it <laughs> yeah a, a runny mash <laughs> yeah a very runny mash that is a really good example of it isn't it it's just dolpy just falling yes. off just like you say yeah and there's a lovely yellow color from the mustard now i'll put in lots of cheese i didn't weigh it out but you're looking at about 
100 grams overall. You can do some in the main mix and then um, put a little sprinkle on the top as well to make the tops go golden. Depends on who you're cooking with, how much time you've got, mm. who it's for, whether you can be bothered. Right, so the cheese isn't going to melt because that mixture is quite cool, but it's broken down a bit. And that is it, in its simplest yeah. form. Wow. And you don't need to be too precise with these blobs either. No, you need to give them some space to um, puff up, so leave a bit of room between them. Treat it much like, I suppose, fairy cakes or something, that sort of distance. Yes. yeah. And however many you make, there will never be enough. <laughs> <laughs> People will always have room for more. That's a good sign. Yeah. So I've made quite a small amount today, really. Probably 12 or 15 gougères, and I'm doing a teaspoonful of mix per gougère. And how long do these take to bake? They'll take about 20 minutes. We're looking for them to be completely puffed and golden on the outside. And then at that point, normally I take them out of the oven, uh, poke a little hole in the side, let the steam escape, and turn them upside down and put them back in for another five minutes. Because what can happen is that they look... Um, they look very done on the outside and they look perfect on the outside um, but you've actually got raw mix still in the middle and that will make them deflate and go soggy um, so you want to just make sure that they're nice and crisp all the way through but they're so moorish <laughs> that they go very very quickly um, you find people kind of hidden in corners that sounds like me when the canapé tray comes past yeah, exactly. <laughs> but traditionally as well these were used as um something to eat between wine tastings in ah, france that so is it so 20 minutes later and they'll be good for eating so we're moving on to our second one, and this I really like. I like the sound of both of them, I have to say. But there's an appeal for the second one, I have to say, because I never know what to have on Christmas Day morning, and you've got Christmas Day breakfast covered here, haven't you? Something treaty, but it's not going to um, spoil your appetite. No, so what I was going to do is a little um, Christmassy French toast. So I was going to put lots of Christmassy flavours in there, nutmeg, cinnamon, some mixed spice got some cranberries to go in it you could do things like toasted flake flaked almonds um honey maple syrup any kind of combination of things that you personally like along with things like cinnamon <laughs> and vanilla to make it nice and Christmassy. um i'm going to cook some apples in a little bit of butter as well and do some like little apple fritters with it you're wetting my appetite mm. already right yeah so, and the other thing that you can do with this as well is put it all together the night before and leave the bread soaking in the egg so that in the morning you can just get up, either pop it in the oven or pop it in a frying pan. It is a very similar recipe to bread and butter pudding and you can actually do it in the oven and then, you know, what difference is there between French toast and bread and butter pudding other than if you call it bread and butter pudding, it sounds like you shouldn't be eating it for breakfast. <laughs> so, whereas if you call it French toast... It's fine. It is pudding for breakfast, but it's okay. So. Now, this makes me laugh because Jemima has been um, signing Mel for some time. And though we do have puddings on our house, but not every day, whenever I say, Jemima, would you like some food? She instantly does the sign for pudding. Okay. And there's her little finger screwing into the side of her face. And it yeah. always makes me smile. I think, yeah, 
Now, you raise a good point. I'm sure you would like pudding, but we're not having it for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got some stale ciabatta. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do this with any bread. With brioche would be really nice as well. That, that's a sweet, buttery French bread. Right, so what we're going to do is we are going to do a couple of eggs, some milk and the spices, and we're going to put the bread in a flat dish with all of those things to soak up. And whilst that's happening, we'll then do the apple fritters. I'm just whisking up our eggs. Now, on the note of puddings, I mean, I can remember from your classes, and I love the approach of puddings shouldn't be a threat or a reward. Yeah. Jemima is definitely at a, no, I'd like pudding for breakfast, thank you very much, stage. And yes. um, I'm going to move on swiftly from my dinner. I don't want that either, and I might eat a carrot, but I'd like pudding. But it's a tricky one when a child only wants their pudding. I think all you can do is just not treat pudding not as a reward, but just as something that comes after dinner. And if you're offering them healthy puddings, then actually it doesn't matter too much anyway. Which is the great the great thing if you are doing puddings without any added sugar and you're just using natural fruit sugars and things and it's got eggs and things in there. Actually, they are quite healthy anyway. So... Um, as long as it's not kind of completely sugar-laden, junky nonsense. But yeah, I mean, we are naturally predisposed to like mm. sweet things, so um, it is a hard one. So this is a, a little bit messy, this bit. And we put in some vanilla, a bit of mixed spice and some nutmeg. And then it's just a case of getting your fingers in. It's looking like bread and butter pudding, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I've used whole milk, but you could also, for you know, a special occasion like Christmas morning, use double cream. would mm. be very yummy too. I'm beginning to smell. Yes. yes. Well, they smell lovely. Yeah. So is this now all going to get stacked into this bowl? Yeah, what we're going to do is we are actually going to cook it in a frying pan. Right, so we'll just leave that to soak up the egg a little bit more. And then while that's happening, we're just going to peel a couple of apples... And these look like eating apples, so they don't like cookers. Yeah, eating apples because you want um, you want it to hold its shape. You want a nice, sweet eating apple. Yes, oh, lovely. Right, I think we're ready to cook these fritters. So all we're going to do for these is we're just going to do a little bit of butter and then either something like you could do a little bit of um, honey, a little bit of agave mm. syrup. Um, and the net natural sugars in the apples will also caramelise. And then if this was one you're doing Christmas Day morning, you'd be doing this in the morning as well, is that yeah, right? Yeah, you could do this in the morning. Mm. What are the tastes that you remember from Christmas as a, as a child? My mum always used to buy lots of um, exotic fruit for us mm. on Christmas morning. So I think we always had um, uh, you know, full English breakfast as well, but she'd always get lots and lots of like, mangoes and passion fruits and all these weird and wonderful. But I've always been, been much more of a savoury person. I kind of stuck more to the, <laughs> the bacon and the eggs and the fried potatoes and... Right, so these are starting to go lovely and golden mm. now. And you can smell that lovely buttery caramel smell, can't yes. you? Is this a particularly good frying pan you use? I have some that just, and we do pancakes at the weekends, and one is a much better pan than the other. They always seem to go black so much more quickly in the smaller pan, which I don't anticipate. Right. Um, this is a very well seasoned pan mm-hmm. rather than so it is non-stick but se- non-stick because it's been seasoned mm-hmm. for years and years of use and not washing it with um, washing up liquid just mm-hmm. using hot water and then rubbing it with salt and oil and um, stop it going rusty and um, to keep it in good condition but it kind of takes some care and attention to do that otherwise you need a, a good non-stick pan that hasn't got mm-hmm. scratches in it and um, I find with non-stick pans, I do get non-stick pans as well. 
is that you have to be very careful with them. And even if you're very careful with them, inevitably someone else will come around and you'll see them there with their fork. Yeah. <laughs> scratch it, going and being careful as they're kind of scratching chunks out of it. Um, and, you know, they do need replacing every couple of years, so it kind of depends on whether you can be bothered to season a pan. And then you also need to watch people who come around and very um, helpfully, in inverted commas, take a scouring brush to your well-seasoned pan. <laughs> That's years worth, yes, years worth of um, <laughs> care. So they don't look as beautiful, but um, they do work very well. Fry the bits of bread in the same pan. We'll put a little bit more butter in. We'll add some cranberries. Um, you could also do things like mixed peel as well would be really nice. Mm. Flaked almonds, any of those kinds of... They're, mm. So they're just keeping warm there. Mm -hmm. The bread is going back into the pan. So we're melting a little bit more butter in the pan. And then we're just going to add... And I guess going into the same pan as the apples, they're going to take on that lovely buttery taste from that as well, aren't yes. they? Right, so we'll just leave that to bubble away a little bit. So does Jemima know it's Christmas? I don't know that she does. I mean, we've got the Christmas tree up because we are having a children's party this weekend. Aww. So there's definitely something different going on in the house. Yeah. Um, and she's very interested in that. I don't think she particularly knows it Christmas. Last year was the year of the wrapping paper. Yeah. I think this year she might actually understand presents a bit more, yeah. which is obviously exciting. Jemima sniffs the tree, which is lovely. I think she saw me doing it. I was trying to show her... Oh, look, it smells so beautiful, Jemima. It's such a lovely, fresh smell. And so now she goes up and smells it. And I, I don't know if she really smells it or if she's just copying Mummy. Yeah. These are the orangey ones. We've got a few bits to do in a third batch. There we go, really. So this is how it's going to look on Christmas morning, we hope. Yeah. A beautiful plate. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I think with a drizzle of double cream. Yeah. Greek yogurt. Be delicious. Let's try this. So I'm going in for a mouthful now of apple. Mmm. That is beautiful. Is and the apple against it is a really nice yeah. taste. Really nice. Yeah. Mm. So we're now eating, oh, I keep wanting geez. to call these goujons, they're not, are they? Yeah. <laughs> goujons. Mm. Posh cheese puffs. <laughs> no, posh cheese puffs. And they have got a bit of a scone-like quality about them, haven't they? What do you think? Because of the cheese. Mm. Magic wardrobe. Yes, they remind me of the really nice bit of the middle of um, a cheese straw. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And what do you think of your French toast, Otis? Are good? Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> and I promise you, they were both properly lush. The gougères and the French toast, really delicious. And we have tried them at home. They do have the Jemima seal of approval. And they will definitely be our Christmas breakfast of choice this year. So do give them a try. That was Louise from Baby Bites. And don't forget, she runs some really great courses on baby weaning and family foods, as well as doing home delivery of some great, lovely home-cooked organic meals. There we are, making life that little bit easier for you, let's face it. Do you want to shake your bells? Yeah. And if you'd like to get in contact with Freelance Bristol Mum, then just drop me a line. It's hello at freelancebristolmum.co.uk. Thanks for the bells, Jemima.